0: Well, good evening. I'm Rick Dancer. Welcome to Get Real with Rick Dancer. And it is a crazy, crazy night. So we have a story that is heartbreaking. And uh, this family's three different families, plus all of their other extended families have been going through this for months and months and months and years and years and years. And now they've just been um, kind of thrown a big, huge, giant slap in the face. Uh, this has to do with Conan Hale and John Sussbauer. Uh, they murdered three kids, two 15-year-olds, and a 13-year-old back in 1995, uh, they were convicted, one of murder, of uh, first-degree murder. The second one was convicted of of the death penalty and got the death penalty. But now, because the Oregon legislature, in its infinite wisdom, uh, changed the rules and the definition of aggravated murder, um, Conan Hale is going to get life rather than death and the families of two of the victims will be here maybe three to talk about this um, because this is how oregon's governor and the legislature of the supermajority in charge is dealing with crime and they're not thinking about the victims they're only thinking about the people who are the killers who are in jail in the first place and our show is sponsored by chris Stano family dentistry where everyone is welcome it's also sponsored by Buck Sanitary Service. Um, Buck Sanitary is our one of our best clients, been around for as long as Matt McCarl has. And um, I'll be showing a little ad a little bit later. But our first guest I want to get on because he's got stuff to do is Bob Tiernan. And he is running for governor um, on the Republican ticket. And Bob... I know you have other things to talk about but this ties in perfectly um with why you want to run for governor we've got a governor right now and a legislature letting her do this who's releasing criminals this has nothing to do with that exactly but releasing criminals and 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 stuff like this is happening to joyce and cindy and and jake williams and um and and people are fed up it's like you know they change the rules midstream here so tell talk to me a little bit well, about that
1: it you know I, I i am set up and this is why i am running and when i was in the legislature in the first place you know the number one job of state government is to keep people safe in their home and their communities and that's it um and when they fail at that they fail at everything they should not be doing anything else until they do that and when um uh, when I was in the legislature, we passed tough laws to crack down on serious crime. And when the, uh, the Democrats failed to, um, uh, to pass one of our biggest bills, which was taking the seven top felonies and tripling those sentences, um, it, what happened was we rolled it out to an, uh, a statewide initiative called Ballot Measure 11. Now, Brown was with me in that committee. Brown voted against Ballot Measure 11. It took the top seven felonies, rape, robbery, murder and we tripled the sentences. It used to be murder in, in Oregon was eight years, now it's 25. It used to be rape was um, uh, uh, three and a half years, it's now 13. It used to be armed robbery was like 18 months, now it's seven. So Oregon became a safer place. Brown didn't like it. Now, fast forward 30 years later, she's governor. So what is she doing? She's letting ballot measure 11 and other murderers, murderers as in the murder of Joyce's son, Out, And she's not even having the damn common courtesy to let people know what she's doing. The victims of the crime. Right. Her job is to keep Oregon safe. She's doing the opposite. And the Democrats, uh, I don't mean to put it all on the Democrats, but they're not stopping her. And, right. and- how, come, how did this all
0: where are the people that are supposed to be standing up for this? You know what I mean? And the, I mean, in the Republicans, you, you don't have enough power because there's a super majority. So you guys, I mean, I, you're, I don't mean this. I'm just going to say what I think. It, it, it's kind of worthless because nothing's happening. But you've got all these people saying she shouldn't be doing this, but nobody's stopping this from happening.
1: Well, as as governor, you you have a lot of discretion. And you can do a lot of things behind the scenes and hide things. And what she's trying to do is be very sneaky with our with our, our public safety and not telling people what she's doing. And she's unilaterally letting people out of prison, giving commutations. Oh, we, we have the COVID. we got to let some more out. Um, you know, Oregon has become a very unsafe place. We have become a lawless society in the last three or four years. And you can think, thank Governor Brown and the leadership in, the, in the Multnomah County. They are literally encouraging crime. They're encouraging lawlessness. They're not arresting people who are committing serious felonies, riots, burning, arson. And so what's happening? Um, A lot of people are getting hurt and injured. And Brown has taken this to a new level by putting people who are already convicted and supposed to be going to the um, death penalty or who are in for 25 years for serious murders. And she's letting them out.
0: Now, That's to be clear phenomenal. on this, to be clear on this with Conan, this is not part of those commutations. This is because of Senate Bill. Oh, I could find it here. Hold on. Right. Let me get my notes. This is right. uh, but, but, Senate but that, Bill 1013 uh, passed by the legislature in 2019. Um,
1: and, and, and signed okay. by the governor. Right. And passed by the Democrats and signed by the governor. And we're letting a, a convicted murderer who's on death row you know live the less of their rest of their life in in happy land with three square meals and tv and meanwhile joyce's son is still dead right
0: so bob how do you what what is your main thing you're running on and then i'll let you go because i know you have meetings to go to the
1: the main thing i'm running on is solving the problems of the state now we just talked about the crime Uh, we just talked about the lawlessness but we also have the homeless problem we're allowing the homeless to live in squalor on the street like that's supposed to solve the problem, like that's supposed to be humane, we're actually by letting homeless sleep on the street, we're creating three more problems. And that's intolerable. In, in, in my business and in my Navy career as a commander, we solve problems, that's what we do. And to have uh, politicians who sit here and, and not solve the problems of public safety, not keeping uh, Portland Oregonians safe, or then the rest of the state safe and creating a lawless society, Uh, They're letting everybody down. And so, yeah, that's my main motivation. But it's basically problem solving. Homeless, schools, crime. Let's fix Oregon's problems. We're we're going down the tube here in this state. And we need to take the rudder, as we say in the Navy, and put it in the other direction. And what's happened to Joyce and her family is just another sign that, you know, there's a great deal of politicians who don't give a damn about the safety of people and the families of, of murdered victims.
0: All right. Bob, I know you have something to go to. People are calling you out the door. So thank you for joining us real quick and uh, also talking to the parents before
1: we had a chance to go on the air. Okay. Hey, Joyce, call me. You've got my phone number. Rick, give her my my cell phone number. Call me. I'm happy to help you on the side.
0: Okay. I I will give it to to Joyce. Also to Cindy. I will give them your number. Great. All right, man. Thank Thank you. you. All right. Okay gotta take a deep breath. <laughs> this is all happening really fast tonight. So one of the things, one of our clients is uh, Buck Sanitary Service. And let me just show you a video while I get some things done here in this background of some of the things that they have for weddings, for uh, anniversary parties, for forest firefighters, for all kinds of things. This is what Buck Sanitary Service does. <music> there again we want to thank buck sanitary service for helping to sponsor our show um okay so here's the deal um we have got so much going on tonight and i just want to talk with you a little bit first to kind of set up this story but i got to pull up my notes here real fast so i'm going to read this on here so here's here's the story we're going to cover conan hale was convicted of murdering his ex-girlfriend crystal she's 15 at the time Crystal's new boyfriend Brandon Williams, a fifteen, and also fifteen, and then a friend Patrick Finley, who was thirteen years old. This happened in 1995. Two passersby found the victims. Um, it was Crystal and Brandon, and they were unclothed. Their bodies were piled beside the gravel road. Nearby, they found Patrick Finley, who was dressed in shorts, a T-shirt. Had pants on that were crystals and a rabbit fur coat. Police charged Hale and his friend Jonathan Sussbauer with the killings. Sussbauer was sentenced to life in prison. Mr. Hale was sentenced to death. Now, here's what kind of happened the Oregon Supreme Court. On Thursday, May the 21st, struck down the death sentence of an Oregon inmate. This is a different inmate in a major ruling that found legislators had funda- fundamentally altered prevailing societal standards for executions with a recent law change. It's a finding that could ultimately eradicate the death sentence of dozens of more inmates, attorneys said largely gutting a capital punishment system that has scarcely been used in modern times. With this ruling, justices dismissed safeguards that lawmakers tried to build into a 2019 bill that reduced What murders qualified as aggravated murder, the only crime punishable by death in the state of Oregon. Those safeguards that the legislature thought they would have, in theory, ensured that old crimes that were eligible for execution at the time a person was sentenced would remain a capital offense. But the Supreme Court justices disagreed, suggesting that any current inmate with a death sentence whose murders don't meet the the current statutory guidelines for capital punishment, could escape the death penalty. Now, this gets even weirder because the court began by noting that by enacting Senate Bill 1013 in 2019, the legislature had been specifically concerned with the constitutional requirement that the death penalty be reserved for what they called the worst of the worst crimes, whether committed before or after the bill's effective date. The court then explained that the legislature's reclassification of crimes that previously had been aggravated murders such that they are no longer subject to the death penalty reflected a legislative determination that those crimes were not the worst of the worst and were not distinguishable from other non-capital crimes to the extent required to justify the death penalty. So basically what you have is the legislature wrote a crappy bill, and it didn't work. And the justices, when the Supreme Court looked at it, it changed everything. And joining me now, this is Cindy Finley and her son was Patrick, uh, the 13 year old. And I'm gonna try to bring Joyce right in here. Right. Um, Joyce, can you wave, Joyce, can you wave?
2: Yes, but my battery is going down and it doesn't seem to be charging fast enough, so. You sound good, you sound, you sound, good.
0: Good. You sound good.
2: I know, but my, I'm only at 11% okay. and it's for okay. some reason it's not charging very fast. So, so I Joyce, be- we getting a yeah. little feedback,
0: so I'm going to keep my so question. Yeah. Would you, would you, how do you, tell me your feelings, me your, your, thoughts, feelings your thoughts, and everything about what is happening? I about am just thing, really
2: upset thing. that this was been through late to say without anybody contacting us to find out what we felt about it. And, um, and, you know, it's nothing, we heard from nobody, not even from the, you know, the Lawyers for our side that we haven't been contacted in years by anybody.
0: How, this has gone yeah, on and has on, gone on for on you. Has on it on has for you. Has.
2: Yes, it has. Every Christmas is terrible. I try to just get through it and I try to be happy, but there's always a few really bad days at Christmas because, you know, they were found three days before Christmas. So uh, Christmas has never been the same for me. And then, and then, I it comes to Crystal's birthday, her siblings having kids. Where would she be now? Mm-hmm. You know, and so, so,
0: so Joyce, what, so do, you Jules, what do you say to people who say, "Well, he's going well, to spend the rest, of his, the life rest of his life in prison." Maybe that's that's punishment. Maybe that's he will. I enough.
2: I just felt like this is just going to keep going, and they're eventually going to give him try to get him a parole date.
0: So. is that what concerns you is that what
2: you? oh that's what I'm thinking yes
0: okay Joyce hang in okay, there I'm gonna Joyce pull you out, out so you out so we don't get that out. reverb Cindy talk yes. to me
3: were, yesterday
0: we were gonna do this yesterday and you were just too upset
3: um I am so I am so angry because the lack of respect for the victims, our three beautiful children. What they did to them, they treated them like animals and they raped and sodomized and beat them and left them. And how our governor could do what she did in 2019 behind closed doors that Senate bill 1013 we were never even informed that that was even an issue now here it is yesterday i get another phone call just like in may of 2019 i get a phone call saying that they're dismantling death row yesterday brandon's sister corinne contacted my sister at 6 30 in the morning telling us that Conan Hale they have reached some kind of settlement agreement and I need to understand that because when you say settlement to me that kind of means financial like in some form of financial and then they're giving him a a true life sentence well I, I don't trust I don't trust the law because you know he already was in front of a jury of his peers. They convicted him of murder and capital punishment. So now they're saying that's not the case. And so to me, I that doesn't. I don't. I don't trust them. So I believe this is just. Uh, you know, uh, 2019 was just the beginning, and now here it is, 2022. Now it's something else. And then in a in a few more years. I, I truly believe that maybe Conan Hale might get out. Who knows? Like, I don't trust the government. We have got to make our citizens our our priority. You know, they're the the victims we're re-victimized over and over again with things like this. It's not fair. People need to understand this could be your family member, okay? So- uh, is it Cindy
0: and, and Joyce? Cause you're in the background. I can see you back there. Um, is it frustrating because Conan was convicted and, and, and sentenced to death. And so now you get new people in new governors who don't agree with that new senators who uh, one of our local senators, I think mm-hmm. is the author of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freud I'm pretty sure he had a lot to do with this, um, the, the actual Senate bill. Um, and, nobody comes to you or talks with you about this is what the state of oregon said is going to happen my kids our kids died Mm -hmm. they were murdered brutally Mm -hmm. and this is how the state is going to say this is how we're going to to it's not compensate what's the word i'm looking for this is the punishment that this guy gets Mm -hmm. but then people come in who don't believe in that punishment Mm -hmm. and so they start watering it down and making changing the way it works and i think in this case they didn't intend for the Supreme Court to go back and change that and say this didn't work because it wasn't supposed to be retroactive. But if Mm -hmm. you're gonna create a law, you better know what the hell you're doing because that's exactly what happened is it, it didn't get written right or the Supreme Court, they weren't planning on the Supreme Court ruling on it that way.
3: No, and we don't really understand why that none of us were contacted. I mean, it's more than our three families. I mean, there's, I believe, 27 people that were on death row in Oregon, I think. And so it's just the fact that, no, we we don't have any trust and we don't, you know, as it stands, we are waiting right now to meet with the attorney on our side, because this is, uh, again, it's a real blow to all of us. We're just trying to live our lives and move forward and every time something like this happens, especially without warning, it's really a gut check. You know, Patrick's birthday was March 28th. My baby would have been 31, you know,
0: and. What do you you say to the authors of this bill, Senate, Senate bill? And what do you say to the governor
3: for signing it? Shame on you. Just like I told her on the messages, shame on you. Because you know me, if I am for something, I will scream it off the rooftops. And so to me, doing this in secret, you knew you were going to get backlash and you didn't want to deal with it. So you used your money and your political power to do what the hell you wanted to do. Well, there's going to be hell to pay because I'm Patrick's mom. I will always be Patrick's mom. I will be his voice. I will be there for Brandon. We will stand together for Brandon, Crystal and Patrick and all the other families because I'm strong. There's nothing else that anybody can do to me that hasn't been done. You stole my child. I took my son off. I took my baby off of life support because I wanted him to go home and I didn't want him to suffer. And it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. And I don't want other. We have to get strong on crime. And this is the thing. We are not doing justice to the people that we can still help. You know, there's people that are still in jail that are, you know, maybe people that haven't even went to jail that we could use the money that we would use to, um, you know, maintain these murderers on death row there. I'm sorry, you're no good to society anymore. After you murder someone brutally like you did and your life wasn't in jeopardy, you don't deserve to live anymore. I'm sorry that you had a hard fucking life. Excuse my French. You can say it. But. We all had a hard life. We all had some shit happen to us. And you know what? We didn't go out and commit homicides, okay? So-
0: Well, well we had, and, and Cindy, it wasn't just, I mean, this homicide's horrible. Huh. It was, this was torture. This was like- it was. Mean, it was. I think
3: about our three kids. I think about Brandon and Cristobal and how they were. And my son, Patrick, you know, he, I think about how terrified he must have been seeing his friends already gone. And he tried to get warm and to put on her coat and stuff. And I want people to understand that you don't, you don't know this has changed our lives forever. I will never be the same. I'm not the same mom. I'm not the same friend anymore.
0: So, Cindy, do you find it kind of arrogant of the Oregon legislature and the governor to to come in after we have already almost to me it's like making a contract it's saying crystal and brandon and patrick were brutally murdered as the state of oregon we make a contract with you what the jury decides is what happens and they said death but we so now people come in who don't believe that or agree with that and so now they're tweaking the contract so they even change the definition of what aggravated murder is so now the worst of the worst. It, well, I'm sorry. What is, what qualifies as the worst of the worst? I, I would thank Conan for what he did. I know. So, uh, I mean, how, what is worse than that? I mean, you know what I mean? It's
3: this like, is why I know nothing's worse than that. Nothing's and this is why that that. we want to meet with our attorney and, you know, like this is a Supreme Court, but I'm not scared. Like I said, you you know, we, we lost our family. We lost our, I lost my son. Joyce lost her daughter. Penny lost her son. And we're going to fight this. Like, I'm not scared. We're not scared. You know, just like when the Catholic church decided to sue Lane County governments for taping Conan Hill's freaking confession you know like it's so asinine why they protect the criminals I don't get it I will never get it and I'm going to fight this tooth and nail until there's no fight left
0: okay so let me answer a question so Laura Crow is on here she says she lets kinkle out I'll be on her doorstep so let me explain something Laura to you Um, that that's a separate that's not the senate bill that's a separate thing that the governor's doing but she wrote that one so that um it excludes it it includes everyone but Mm -hmm. kim kinkle because Mm -hmm. when she wrote that she made sure she knew that would be hell to pay so she wrote it so that that's the way it turns out now let me try to bring joyce on here just because i really want um, I, and it, the, the audio comes in really weird. But Joyce, here's what I want you to talk to me about. What, just tell me how you're feeling after what you've heard what Cindy said. And I'm not going to talk because then it kind of blasts it out. OK, so you do that.
2: You do that. Go ahead. I agree. Go with ahead. I agree with everything Cindy has to say. And I feel the exact same way. Our children's lives mattered and they're pushing it off like their lives didn't matter at all and all we and they're here there to protect criminals horrible criminals that will repeat what they already done if they're ever let out
3: mm-hmm.
2: i don't how think there's more, you know i don't think more, they were either one were born with any kind of a soul
0: so how much more, so difficult, how difficult, how does more difficult does make it make it for you to make it handle
2: it it makes it really hard i was you know Justice. I thought I got justice and I didn't. I got a slap in the face.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. How many I slaps, got a slap no in the slaps face and of justice. <sighs> so, because we voted for Measure 11 in 1996 and it went with a landslide. And they were supposed to use those measures to keep criminals and rapists off the streets to make Oregon safe. I'm thinking about moving to a different state. Yeah.
3: yeah. I'm in Montana. Like Texas. Montana.
2: Texas and Florida and Montana. Mm
3: hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Ones who actually use their death penalty.
0: So, yes. Joyce, thank Joyce, you for coming, thank on, you today. For coming on today. And I'm still on still today. Sorry. Thank you. so sorry that this is happening. This is happening. And you guys yeah. let me know you whatever, let you, let me know me know whatever you know. I'll keep people, I'll apprised, keep people
2: apprised. apprised. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Rick.
0: So Cindy, yeah. And again, for you, I'm really sorry about what happened to Patrick. What do you say to someone? I have someone on here and I'm not going to, but she says the death penalty is wrong. I'm sorry for your loss, but the state has no right to murder. The risk to kill someone innocent is too great and too many innocent people have been put to death.
3: Okay. Well, I just want to say to you that honey, if it was your son, daughter, mother, brother, I bet you'd feel different and you can't fake DNA. So let's, let's just end that there because the the mom and me that is the anger is rising up and I hear people say that because I want to tell you what in the Bible, it says an eye for an eye. So I don't know. That's the, that's the, that's my first book. That's the best book in the world. And so to me, the bottom line is when you have DNA evidence, that's indisputable. Okay. And so I do believe in the death penalty, 100%. Um, I feel that it's a choice. People make a choice to murder. So therefore, if you make the choice to murder someone and your life wasn't in jeopardy, I don't care what kind of life you had. I don't care what kind of stuff you saw. A lot of people had bad lives and they didn't become murderers. So um, why don't you, I I hope you never have to join our club. So I don't even want to say that to you, but I bet you would feel different. It was your family member. And Cindy, I'll tell you this, I'm not a big backer of
0: capital punishment either, but what I am is if you tell people, if that was the law and Uh that's what it is, and you Mm -hmm. say that's what's going to happen, then you do it. And you know what I mean? I think that's That's the 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 bottom line.
3: Who wants, nobody wants to see someone die, but the bottom line is you were in front of a jury of your peers. They found you guilty. They said this is what was going to happen and it needs to happen, but once again, they are they're not following through and the bottom line is we got to stop wasting money on the people that are no good anymore let's help those people that are still out there they still have hope we have too many people that are in the military ex-police and all this stuff not to have like more support more support out here for the families for the victims of the families and I just, I just want to say to people that don't believe in the death penalty, you know, it's a hard thing. Yes, but we, we have to remember they're not being put to death for, you know, for nothing. And when you have DNA evidence, it's indisputable. So on um, that being said. Um, well, I think, you
0: hope, I, I, think we, I hope that we as Oregonians or a former Oregonian, but we as people can agree that if you have made a contract with people and said your children were murdered and the, the crime a capital punishment is legal in Oregon and the, and here's, and, and the jury gives them the crime, then you do, you, then you have to take
3: care of that, that, that contract, that contract. Yeah, we do, but we have and a lot of people who, they just don't feel that way. And like I said, I would hate for anyone, anyone to ever go through what we've gone through. Um, you know, my son would be 35 and um, I, I just, I always think about what his life would be like um, if that day that he didn't go out and hang out with his friends. And that's the thing: we want our kids. We want. We need to. We need to be safe. And Oregon is really turning out not to be a safe place because the people that we have set um, as our leaders, they're they're not leaders. They they have their own agendas, and it's not an agenda for the people. So, that's right. my thought.
0: Cindy, keep in touch with me, okay?
3: Thanks Rick, I appreciate it. And and uh, we just wanna let everyone know that Brandon, Crystal and Patrick mattered. And we all three families, we love each other and we're gonna continue to support each other. And we would really like any other families out there that have been affected by this bill to reach out to Rick So we need to band together. And and that's what I would hope for, that um, the community can understand that we want your kids to be safe. We don't want you to join this club. Thank you, Rick.
0: Cindy Finley, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Yes. So again, to be really clear, that was a Senate bill that changed the definition of aggravated murder because under Oregon law, aggravated murder is the only thing that is eligible for capital punishment. But when they change that wording, Uh, The Supreme Court, they weren't expecting the Supreme Court to make it retroactive. Well, if you're going to create a damn law, then you should know what you're going to do or be extra careful. You should have written. These are lawyers. Some of these people are lawyers or former lawyers that wrote it. You better do a better job because you just screwed up three families and all of their families. And how many more people are going to get let off of death row um, because of your inept ability to write a good law? So, hopefully, this goes back to the court and they will change their mind and um, something happens because, uh, uh, so frustrating. So, um, we're gonna switch gears, um, just quite a bit, <laughs> Matt. I told you it was gonna be a hairy one tonight, didn't I?
4: Yeah, you did, but it's, it's important information that needs out there,
0: isn't that I mean, frustrating? It's like those. It's- yeah. Those poor people. So Matt McCarl is one of our good sponsors with New Leaf Hyperbarics and Wellness Center. And um, we're gonna do your question tomorrow night. Every week he does a question and we do a <laughs> question. And, and Matt gives away 10% off on a hyperbaric treatment or a light treatment. Um, but you he he called me and he says, Rick, I want to come on and talk about this because we're finding some really great evidence. Um, with hyperbarics and strokes, people with strokes, and how this is helping them. I, yes. That's super important because you're hearing more and more about strokes, and and younger and younger people are having strokes.
4: Yeah, and especially with what's gone on in the last two years in the uh, COVID, with causing more bling, blood clots. You can tell it's the end of the day, Rick. I having trouble speaking it sometimes. Um, more and more blood clots causing, and that you know that's a big proponent of what causes strokes in folks and they are seeing more of that in younger individuals so, hyperbarics, so how, does,
0: how does oxygen help uh, hyperbarics
4: yeah so the pressure of the of the hyper chamber that we've mentioned before puts way like four times the amount of oxygen in your blood not just in the red blood cells but actually in the plasma which allows it to get five times farther into every cell because it doesn't need to do the capillary exchange in the capillaries. It can just kind of flow through the walls of the vessels into the cells that it needs and where it can help those cells. And so for example, let's say this is vessels oxygenating your brain. Okay. This one has the damage. So now this area of the brain isn't getting oxygenated or blood flow anymore. And that's called that area that's still viable just doesn't have the flow of blood anymore It's called the penumbra area so maybe this spot right there where it's damaged is is super damaged and may never heal but the rest of this area is is able to come back because we're able to put a lot more oxygenated blood flow into it that it wasn't getting before and so, so done, the oxygen
0: actually that can actually restore
4: that connection then if we do enough hyperbarics it's been shown to cause vasogenesis or growth of new vessels so maybe this vein grows a new one off over here or maybe even down here it grows a new one and starts oxygenating there
0: so does that yeah
4: it's definitely not a one and done deal it's it's multiple
0: treatments and this is and it's just preliminary but there's just things that they're finding but if you if somebody's had a stroke um that to to find something that can at least start to help or do something about it it's got to feel you know
4: Uh, we've got We've seen several clients we have one that comes to us regularly since year two i want to say she started coming in um she was five years post-stroke and i may have told the story before but there's you know tons of new people on here i'm sure where this arm was all curled in like this because she had her stroke was on the side of her brain and she started doing three to four hyperbaric treatments a week in October. In February, she bought another package of treatments and she actually used this hand to sign the receipt, which was pretty awesome. And then after so that was five years, she was five years post-stroke at her seventh anniversary well, not seventh anniversary of her stroke, but seven years after her stroke Thanksgiving. So it's almost her anniversary of two years of seeing us, she was able to walk on the beach for the first time after seven years with her husband. And they used to do that like every everything's giving again.
0: christina on here says hyperbarics helps so many who've had strokes kids recovering from drowning kids with autism healing all around um i guess it's the the power of oxygen is is really undiscovered by most people because they're taking drugs or or doing some other therapy when this could be part of that whole process because you find it with you have people with autism that come in there too don't you
4: Oh, yeah. We have a few clients that come in regularly that have autism. We have a young a young man. I'd say He's 19 months, maybe 20 months old now, and he suffered a stroke. He also has uh, cerebral palsy. And after his third, no, it was his fourth treatment, I was helping him out of the chamber. And he actually reached up and moved the edge of the chamber away from his face as I kind of moved him out. And that's something he wouldn't have done the first time. Now, you guys, if because I think we should talk about the wheelchair,
0: the, 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 oh. mini, the, 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 the tiny home that you have. Your, your tiny
4: home? Absolutely. So we, uh, two years ago, we switched gears as to uh, manufacturers of chambers that we use. We switched from OxyHealth to Summit to Sea. One of the reasons is because they have larger soft shell chambers, and one of them is 60 inches in diameter. We're able to put folks that are in wheelchairs, they can just roll right in there.
0: Yeah. And it's, and, and for people that have people with different abilities who are in a wheelchair, also there's room for two people or more in that. So if you have an assistant that goes with somebody with a wheelchair, they could both go into the hyperbaric. It's not going to hurt somebody. (laughs) It's going to be like, everybody's going to get something out of that treatment, aren't they?
4: Caregivers really need it just as much as the, the person they're giving care to is there, you know, sometimes they may be the 24 hour caregiver because they may be a family member. And they're running their selves ragged, taking care of their family member. Corey wants to know, what about
0: brain trauma from car accidents? I already know the answer, but you go ahead.
4: <laughs> yes, Corey. If you actually are in a motor vehicle accident and you get referred to us from a physician, chiropractor, somebody that can write us a script that says they want you seen X amount of times a week for so many weeks, you can actually bill your car insurance. There is tons of studies out there for traumatic brain injuries. We so we have one, yeah. two, three, four clients right now that are seeing us after post car accident.
0: So if people are thinking that this is something they might want to try, what how, how does that work and how much is it and that kind of thing?
4: For the standard out-of-pocket person, they can either give us a call, go online to New Leaf Eugene and follow through the website to make an appointment. That way, easiest way is to give us a phone call. for your first session. We'll get you a coupon when you have the first time to get two more right away for only $129 because we would like to see everybody do their first three within seven days, really ramp that oxygen up, get the inflammation down, toxins out, energy up, feeling better, and then kind of move out from there.
0: Um, Corey says it's an old injury from 20 years ago for her son, but she still bring him in.
4: Or Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. uh Joe Namath, Corey, look up Joe Namath and hyperbarics. You'll see a couple of videos that he did interviews. You know Joe Namath. He was a quarterback in the 70s, and just a few years ago, might be 10 years ago now, if that, he did several treatments of hyperbarics and reversed all the concussions he had from his football years.
0: All right. Matt McCarroll, Newly Hyperbarics and Wellness. Uh, they also do massage, light therapy. I highly recommend the light therapy. <laughs> Matt knows I'm the biggest pusher of light therapy. If oh, you were it works out, just, I, just people, just someone who lives on the planet Earth, you need to go do life the, the light
4: therapy because they can so do we, it for all
0: kinds of things.
4: Because this is not the right kind of light therapy. We're supposed to be outside in the good light. This is yucky light.
0: No, we're in really bad yucky light matt thank you appreciate Mm -hmm. your time and your support talk to you later yep thanks man all right matt mccarl so give them a call and uh just if you have any questions all their staff is really good at answering your questions for you and go in and get an appointment. And uh, and again, tomorrow night, if you watch the show, Kim will have a question. And that question, if you answer it correctly, the first one to answer it correctly, you'll get 10% off your hyperbaric treatment. Um, Matt does a real, does that every week. So we always have a winner every single week. All right, let's get to our news segment with Bill London. We got a long show tonight, but that's what happens when you got lots of things going
1: on. This is Dr. Michael Brown with Chris Dettel. Orgonian has allowed the lockdowns to remain in effect for two long years. Two years. We allowed government officials to dictate what we put on our face and what we put on our bodies with little opposition and not enough questions. Why do I bring this up now? Because trust me, they will bring back masks next winter after the elections. Next time, don't be complacent. Actually, follow the science and let your voices be heard. Next time, stand up to these power-hungry politicians.
5: Good evening from the news radio 1120 a.m. and 93.7 FM KPNW studios. I'm Bill Lennon, co-host of the Wake Up Call Monday through Friday morning, 6 a.m. to 9 on KPNW, streaming at KPNW.com. Click on listen now. And with that, I say, sup, homie. All right, here's a look at some of the stories we're following. This just released today. Deaths from drug overdoses in the US hit their highest level since records began last year. That according to provisional figures with opioids, including fentanyl, behind nearly three in five fatalities. Now, according to the CDC, they estimated 107,622 fatalities linked to overdoses during 2021. To put that in another way, one death every five minutes. That marks a 15% uptick on the previous year's record of 93,655 drug deaths and the seventh 12-month period in a row where they've risen. Opioids, including fentanyl, were linked to the majority of the fatalities, or about 81,000, followed by psychostimulants like meth at nearly 33,000. And it was possible for more than one drug to be linked to a fatality. Only one state, Hawaii, saw its deaths from overdoses decline last year one state. Experts warn that rising deaths are likely due to fentanyl, which is not a surprise, which is up to 100 times more potent than morphine, and it's being mixed with other drugs, and people are often taking them unaware that fentanyl has been cut into their street drugs. The drug is largely sourced from Mexico by China, with experts pointing out that the southern border crisis is the main way that this is being trafficked into America. On Wednesday, today, drug enforcement officers called on the Chinese to do more to stop the drugs from being taken into Mexico, which you know they won't. And in case you're wondering, Oregon had the fourth highest increase in overdose deaths with a 34% increase in one year. I wonder if they're going to shut down small businesses because of that. So the May 17th election night will not end at 8 p.m. like it used to. That's because of a change approved by the legislature last year requiring any ballot with a postmark of May 17th or before to be counted through May 24th. Political observers say that brings with it the potential for seesawing returns and delayed final results will be high. Jim Moore, Outreach Director for the Tom McCall Center for Civic Engagement at Pacific University, says the nightmare scenario is any race that is closer than one and a half to 2% on election night. With potential recounts, the final results can be delayed for more than a month. Final recount demands have to be filed with the Secretary of State by June 21st and an election day report is due from the office on July 15th. And of course, with questions about how secure balloting and elections really are in Oregon with a highly partisan Secretary of State, any snag is gonna be cast in a harsh light. Secretary of State Shmia Fagan, seemingly trying to get in front of what likely is gonna be criticism, said publicly last week the new law could mean that very close contests will not be decided on election night. And she claims even if election results come in slower, she promises they'll be accurate. Oregon voters are holding on to their ballots longer this year than they have in recent primaries or maybe they're just not interested. Six days before the May 17th election, just over 288,000 of the state's more than 2.9 million registered voters have cast a vote. That comes to a turnout rate of 9.8 percent. So far, both the number of votes cast and the turnout percentages are significantly lagging behind recent elections, in particular 2010, 14, and 18. By now, we should be at somewhere between 12.5 to 15 percent in returns. But that is not the case at this point. And it could be because people just haven't made up their minds or they're not planning on voting. At this point, recent polling in Republican and Democratic primaries for governors showed that many voters haven't made up their minds. In the Democratic Race for governor, former House Speaker Tina Kotek, and state treasurer Tobias Reed are in a very close but yet low numbers race in a Democratic primary with 13 other lesser known Democrats running. And the two are struggling to differentiate themselves and their policies, and neither want to be known as Kate Brown 2.0. At this point, about 20% of Democrats polled say they favor. Uh, Tobias Reid, 25% about for Tina Kotek, So pretty, pretty much a split race. And then you have a crowded field of Republicans. On that side, 19 are running to become governor with minority leader Christine Drazen and former Oregon Republican Party chair Bob Tiernan essentially leading the race by just a tiny margin at this point. But more than a quarter of Republicans say at this point, they're still undecided. So, will people vote? Who knows? The city of Portland has settled a lawsuit with a group of people who sued over the way the city conducts homeless sweeps. The lawsuit alleged city contractors were illegally discarding personal belongings while dispersing transient encampments. Plaintiffs said the city failed to properly document the property that was removed and failed to give people a reasonable opportunity to retrieve their belongings. The lawsuit was dismissed as a result of the new policies that the city is now implementing, directing why, when, and how the campsites are going to be removed. And the city will provide 72 hours notice before they break down an encampment and they'll tell people where their stuff is going to be. So a lot of fallout from, of course, that leaked Supreme Court document that showed that potentially the Supreme Court is going to overturn Roe v. Wade. And because of that, at least it's being thought, the number of online searches for information about vasectomies has soared since the leak of that Supreme Court draft opinion. Research company Innerbody says that daily searches about vasectomies jumped 99% since the draft opinion was published last week. Searches specifically are looking at the questions, is a vasectomy reversible? It is. And how much is a vasectomy? That particular question increased by 250 percent. Inner-body researcher, uh, researchers told Today Parents: Men are joining the conversation about reproductive rights, and some are stepping up to help prevent unwanted pregnancies themselves. Well, duh. All right, that's a look at the news tonight, Rick. It's time for you to roll out a big old can of reel, an industrial strength can of extruded reel. Roll it, Rick. All right, Bill, thank you. And uh, I got to thank Bill, too, because uh, when
0: I called him today, trying to look up that Senate bill and find some information, Bill was super helpful. We got on the phone together. Uh, We still do news together, I guess. And uh, he gave me uh, some good tips on how to find that information to make that story a little more understandable. Um, share this on your page. It's really important um, that people hear what's going on because the regular legacy media is not going to cover the story of Conan Hale because they're going to, they they don't see it as important. Uh, but it is important when you promise something and you don't live up to it to people like that so share this on your page so other people can see it we want to thank our sponsors chris dental family dentistry where everyone is welcome buck sanitary service uh they we just love having them on our on our ship doing our thing and new leaf hyperbarics and wellness center and uh, matt you just heard him talk about strokes if you know people who could use that treatment it might be a nice gift to buy somebody and if you turn in on thursday nights we have the question the hyperbaric question of the night you can save 10 percent on that all right i will see you tomorrow from butte montana and um we have we're gonna be talking about the new ymca in eugene uh rob bait and tackle rob from charleston is going to be joining us and we'll be bringing you probably the ringing bells from Butte, Montana.
1: All right. Have a great night. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Goodbye.